0: what works with social media? Today I'm going to be joined by Johnny Keeley, and we're going to explore how to make real connections on Instagram. By the way, I'm at Stelsner on Instagram and at Mike underscore Stelsner on Twitter. And if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show so you don't miss any of our future content. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the social media marketing podcast, not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon. So don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Johnny Keeley. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Johnny Keeley. And if you don't know who he is, you need to know Johnny. He's a marketing strategist, musician, and photographer. His YouTube channel helps people be more authentic on social media. Johnny, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: I'm super excited you're here. Today, we're going to explore how to make real connections on Instagram. Now, before we get on the path of exploring your perspective and experience uh, on Instagram, I would love to back up a little bit and talk about your story. How the heck did you get into Instagram? Start wherever you want to start.
1: I mean, I don't know how old I was, but I'm sure that some of your, uh, your audience can relate to this. I started on MySpace. And as you've already mentioned, I was a musician. You know, I had quite a funny relationship with MySpace. MySpace was obviously the first real social media. I don't know how how old I was. I'd have been about 14 or 15. And we formed our band. And we used to travel city to city and sort of visit these different places. And we would jump onto MySpace and we would, like, one by one, find individuals who we thought would be into our music. And we would message them directly and say, hey, we're playing at this place. Do you want to come see? And we'd add them as friends. And we kind of build up these like quite deep relationships before the gig on, on an individual basis. And that was just how we used it. it was kind of a bold way to use MySpace, but that was how we kind of used it. And then, you know, as, as you've already mentioned, the kind of things I talk about on my YouTube channel kind of come from that original culture of being bold and connecting to individuals and kind of respecting the individual, that one follower, you know I mean?
0: Yeah. So give us a little bit more of the background on the music side of things, like what kind of a uh band were you part of and give us a little bit more of that story
1: the easiest way to describe it is we were kind of like a ska reggae band but i think we very quickly realized that we weren't we were kind of something slightly kind of on the side of that so we kind of turned into a kind of a like sort of alternative kind of Britpop. pop i want to say a mixture of ska and reggae and maybe joy division something like that that's what we, we played that so for 15 years i was a musician you know we were an independent band doing all the social media learning about marketing without really learning about marketing because you know in music the budgets are tight so you just kind of have to do what you've got to do and social media was being born at the same time as our band was you know growing up and we learned so much about how to connect to communities and how to kind of build something around what you're doing just through the music communities because as people will be aware that music community is super important to music you know we've, we've had fan clubs for as long as we've had bands you know
0: so you were part of a band and were you a vocalist or were you an instrumentalist or you everything what's just i'm just curious
1: yeah sorry i was skipping over all of that and i i was singer. i was a singer of the band played guitar and there's four of us
0: very cool very cool so somewhere along the line you went from myspace over to instagram give us a little bit of that backstory like what was your first experience with instagram and why did you decide to jump on it
1: it's kind of like a, a sort of a meander really we started off as musicians on myspace and then I actually became a local counsellor where I live. And I sort of continued that reaching out to local people and on that individual basis. It was only when I kind of left. I did a lot of that on Facebook. It was kind of when I left that counsellor role a few years ago. And I'd been a photographer for that whole time and sort of enjoyed photography and filmmaking and videos. I actually went to film school before all of this. But it was only at that point that I sort of wanted to bring that same I guess I brought that same culture with me onto Instagram when I wanted to share more about my photography and the things that I was passionate about kind of in a much more deeper way than the things I was more or less promoting for that whole time. And that was when I went to Instagram not too long ago. I mean, I've had an Instagram account for as long as it's been possible, but I, I decided to get serious with my photography on Instagram only three or four years ago. It was kind of after the big boom on Instagram, but There was still plenty of fun to be had just posting images.
0: So what kind of photography were you posting on Instagram and what kind of photographer are you? And then tell us a little bit of like along the way, obviously, it must have worked in some sort of capacity. So tell us a little bit more about that story.
1: Yeah, it did. I, I mean, I'm a passion wise. I'm a landscape photographer. I love climbing mountains, going hiking and taking pictures of the world in the most sort of interesting conditions that I can get, which I love almost the gamble of that. But as, you know, professionally, I'm also a sort of interiors, I guess you call it a real estate photographer, but it tends to be in cabins, tree houses, and more sort of adventurous luxury spaces, kind of built a kind of specialist business around that. I photograph all different types, but i just really passionate about these home-built kind of cabins, log cabins, and things like that. It's also a big sort of industry that's kind of popped up in the UK in the last sort of five to 10 years as well. So that was that's part of what I share on Instagram. But I also really just share my landscape photography and everything sort of around that. But the thing is with Instagram, as you will know, the community building on it, it's not so much that I'm sharing my photography because the majority of people that follow me are other photographers. So we're really just sharing what we're doing. You know, we're sharing it as a as a group together rather than me. In a music where you'd be putting your music out to music fans. That's not so much the way that we do things with the landscape photography community.
0: I discovered you because of your YouTube channel. So, talk to us a little bit about what you're doing on YouTube and the kinds of content you're creating there specifically, especially the stuff that's related to kind of what we're going to be talking about today. Was that part of your journey from the beginning as a filmmaker? You just decided to go in on YouTube as well?
1: Yeah. I mean, I I originally started my YouTube channel. It was was about photography and it was about all of those things. But I quickly realized that I was getting lots and lots of questions on my Instagram just about what I was doing. You know, it's a reasonably small account compared to the, you know, hundreds of thousands that some people have, but the community is a much smaller place. And I was getting lots of questions, so I decided to just upload a few videos about the way I did it. Because I was getting so frustrated with this social media culture where it's really mechanical, it's robotic, and it's almost like everyone just wants to take. They just want to take followers and make their number go up. And it just frustrates me. And I was trying to think of the best way. You know, I used to (laughs) complain to Instagram about this. I was like, what's, you know, what's with all the robots? And I decided I just, you know, why don't I just make a YouTube channel trying to convince people to just do things maybe differently. It sounds silly to say differently because everybody knows how to be a human being. We do that day to day. When someone, you know, comes up to you in the street, you don't just, you know, take from them. You, you have a conversation, you, you talk with each other. And it was really me wanting to share that way of doing things on social media. Everyone knows that being authentic and being real is a good thing to do on social media. But I think people still need reminding that we're all human beings. We're all sat, you know, the other side of each other's screens. And there's, there's a barrier, which is whatever platform you're on, but really you're just two human beings talking.
0: We're going to dig deep into some of this stuff. And I really appreciate your story, especially as a creative slash creator, who's got the music, the film background, the photography background. I think there's so many people who have little bits of that and are going to be fascinated about what we're going to talk about. There are some people listening right now and they might be creators, they might be marketers, and they might be like, I don't know about Instagram. I don't know if it's for me. Maybe they're just thinking they can't do what they see other people doing. What's the benefit for them if they do it the right way and some of the things that we're gonna be talking about today. We're not gonna talk about the right way, but what's the upside to doing it your way, if you will? Why ought they maybe consider Instagram? I mean, I think
1: there's a, there's a big caveat here, which is how, how, how big an audience do you really need? Some people do need a massive audience. A musician probably needs a massive audience. They, they couldn't survive on, on a few hundred to a thousand followers but a lot of people they focus on how big their audience is forgetting like how deep is the relationship between you and your followers so i mean i wouldn't say that i'm doing things particularly in a sort of groundbreaking way it's just remembering that community spirit i think this more common rather than people not being on instagram i think a lot of people have actually left instagram or they've given up on instagram and there is still i mean if people think about them giving up on Instagram, what they're really doing is giving up on communicating with all of those people that they've worked hard to amass into, you know, that, that account. And I think it's a real shame that people feel that way, that people feel so frustrated by a platform. It has taken things away from people. It is much harder platform to, to build on now for lots and lots of different reasons, partly because of the way that they've changed their content. You know, reels are really big now and it's much harder to reach people on, with static posts with with photographs and things like that but i think also you can't have a bigger audience without there being more eyes on the platform and i think everybody who's wanted to have a go on instagram has already kind of had a go so for anyone who hasn't yet i would absolutely get on there you know but i think for for the majority of things it's the people who have left and kind of given up
0: well and i think there's also a lot of people that maybe want to recreate a new identity for themselves right because there's plenty of people listening right now that maybe have a creative bent but they've been working in a corporate job and they haven't really had a chance to express that. And this is an opportunity for them to do it, right? Because, you know, you see the same thing happening on Twitter, for example, with the world, in the crypto world, you've got a lot of people who have never had any kind of audience and all of a sudden are using this platform, Twitter, which for them is brand new, even though it's been around for a very, very long time, but they're using it because that's where their audience is. So I, I agree with you. I think there's an incredible opportunity to do some stuff really, really well. One of the things I would love to talk about, because I think you have a good sense of this, is what are some of the mistakes that you see people slash marketers? Because we're all marketers, whether we're creatives or not, you know, what are some of the big mistakes that you see people making on Instagram from your perspective?
1: The thing I see a lot, and it frustrates me, and I, you know, it feels natural to do, but it's when people are chasing, they chase new followers at the expense of their existing uh, community. I made a video a little while ago on my channel, but I used an analogy. Uh, Imagine that you've you know you've gone to a bar. There's a band playing on the stage. A lot of my analogies come from live performance. But imagine there's a band playing on the stage. Okay, there's there's a few hundred people in front of them. There's maybe a little bit more space in the venue, but there's a band about to play. But instead of starting, the singer of the band actually gets off the stage. He goes next door and tries to get a few more people to come in. And then you know he gets a few more people and they enter the venue. He gets back on the stage and then he looks around and he's like, no, there's not, still not quite enough here, I don't think. So he goes out again. And you can see the point I'm trying to make. You know, He's actually just forgotten about the people that were there that have signed up, that are there to enjoy this band. Oh,
0: and I have another analogy. How about you're starting a live stream and you're waiting five minutes for more people to show up while everyone who's there is bored out of their mind, right? Or, or you're about to present, right? And there's not enough people in the room, so you just kind of wait at the expense of everyone else, right? This analogy is so good. Keep going. So how does that work now with Instagram?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I think what it is, is that people are, you know, it's great. You can absolutely chase new followers. And the kind of point I made in that video was that if that band had just started playing and made sure everyone who was already there had a good time, when everyone left the restaurants next door, they'd walk by and they'd look in through the door and they'd say, hey, that looks amazing. Let's let's get in there. Let's go and enjoy that. And I think that's almost a perfect analogy for the way that people can treat their Instagram accounts it's a bit more nuanced i think than that example i think an analogy is is an extreme version of of the nuanced behavior that goes on on instagram but i think that the biggest mistake that i see people make is just chasing more and more and more rather than just putting all of that effort into the people that you do see and and your live stream example is a really good one you know what an amazing thing you've started your live stream you now have a handful of people there that are probably your biggest fan and you can have a direct conversation with them or as you know you just start off as if everybody's watching so that's you know when it goes up online afterwards it starts naturally but you know
0: i love that let's talk a little bit about the numbers also many of us have decent you know hundreds thousands or even hundreds of thousands of followers and maybe this is related but i would love to hear your thoughts on focusing on the numbers and the analytics and stuff like that and how that could be a slippery slope
1: yeah i think focusing on numbers and analytics it's, it's incredibly important, it's a whole business, you know, data, but I think what it can lead to is something that's actually really dangerous on social media, and that is frustration and impatience. I think someone who started a brand new account is, is most guilty for this, because they've got something to burn, nothing to lose, and they're impatient. So that's when they make mistakes, like buying followers, or, you know, moving too quickly, you know, building a, a following without actually building a foundation of content around that following. And... I think sort of the whole world of following has actually changed so much that people need to start talking more now about active followers. Because, you know, you have people who have, you know, maybe followers from five, six, seven years ago, and they're not even there anymore. So that number, you know, I I think active followers, I think actually social media platforms need to inform creators of active followers, because it'd be so much more useful and better for people's mental health if they actually know how many people are there rather than how many people you're reaching. So I think this goes kind of both ways on that. But impatience can lead to a lot of mental health problems, but also making mistakes with your uh, accounts.
0: Uh, When we were talking to prepare for this interview, one of the things you mentioned was forgetting your why. So talk to me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, so many, so many people. I get lots and lots of DMs. You know, I've never really put myself out there as a sort of a social media guru with all of the answers. However, because... I'm approachable on my YouTube channel. I always tell people to come and say hi and, you know, have a conversation. I get a lot of DMs from people and they're always asking, you know, how do I do this? How do I do that? How do I get these big numbers? And I always just, you know, very, very bluntly say, why, why do you want that? What, what is it you're actually trying to achieve? A really good example is whenever you're creating content, I mean, everyone always says quantity over quality. I, I do think that's true. Making lots and lots of, lots of content, but you're not making lots of content because that's the best thing to do. You're making lots of content because you want to be able to measure it. You want to be able to look back at what you've done and see what's working, see what's resonating with your audience. It's all good listening to someone else's advice, but really the best thing to do is apply your personality and your content to your audience and see what resonates with them because it's different for different people. These kind of things, they they lead into each other, I think.
0: Let's talk about your strategy. We've talked about how, hey, you got to be careful to... Cultivate you. Ideally, what you don't want to do is get so focused on acquiring new, quote unquote, followers and fans that you forget the ones that you've already got. We also talked about how, you know, those numbers can be really deceiving. And if we just want to chase more and more numbers, it's not going to help us get where we want to go. And then we also talked about, like, what is your why? Like, why do you really want this? Right. And if you can get your why aligned, obviously, then you can know whether you should or shouldn't do something. I think that intellectually makes sense. Now what I'd love to do is talk about like, what is your strategy? What is Johnny Keeley's strategy specifically to create real connections on Instagram?
1: There's two sides to the way that I tend to use my social media. I'm, I've, like I say, I've, I've grown up in music. I've grown up in a small community. Talking to small communities is is very natural to me, but then also I, I work professionally in marketing. I've done that for my whole life. So I do have that mechanical side as well. That kind of side that has a yearning to just measure everything that's happening. So I think that Stopping thinking of Instagram as a content library. This is how I look at it. It's it's a communication platform. Every single piece of content that you put out on the platform becomes an opportunity to communicate in various different forms. Maybe you're inviting people to send you a DM or maybe you're inviting people to comment or maybe you're simply making a statement in the content itself that you want to resonate with your audience. Or it could be that, you know, as a lot of creators, you it's a business, maybe you want them to go off of the site and check out a course, or you want them to, you know, check out your products. If you're not measuring those things, then how do you know whether it worked or not? You know, if and and this is kind of, I'd say my strategy is, think of every single piece of content as an opportunity to communicate, but also make sure every single piece of content has a purpose. So for example, if I'm posting a piece of content and the purpose of that content is to bring awareness around a product, I need to think to myself, where am I sending them? Am I tracking that myself? Not am I relying on the other company to tell me whether they're happy, but am I tracking that myself? So for example, if I'm putting the link in bio, am I using a, a system like Bitly or something like that where I can actually see those numbers? And this way you, you can kind of see how you're doing on both fronts. So if my content was to invite comments and I didn't get any comments, I know that I need to do better. I need to find a way to resonate with my audience i don't need to get more comments by performing actions it's it's about resonating with your audience and also did that content fulfill its purpose from a measurable point of view like did i get clicks on here or did i increase numbers in different different areas so i think it's the way that i look at social media is kind of community first platform first and then thinking about numbers and how you can measure it and whether you're actually hitting those goals.
0: Uh, This is really good stuff. I want to dig in on some of this. On the community first side of it, I like what you said, which is that every piece of content is an opportunity to communicate. I think that's like a tweetable quote right there. So what I would love to know is... Some of the examples of the kinds of content that we can create that might encourage communication, because there's obviously ways to do it in a way that spurs communication. You you already mentioned earlier that you're tracking some of these kind of things and watching for what doesn't and what does create some sort of a communication thread, if you will. So what are the types of content that you create, if you will, that encourages your followers to communicate with you?
1: I think something that everybody kind of has heard of at this point is asking questions, you know, asking questions to people that are important in your community, but asking them in the right places. A good example is my business as a cabin photographer. I can put out a piece of content and it's for one of two audiences and they're very, very different. So for example, if I put out a piece of content and my intention is to build awareness around my business to get more work, then really. I need to be aware that I'm talking to accommodation, I'm talking to hosts. But then the other side of it, if I want to build awareness around my whole social media presence, I need to be aware that I have some valuable information to another group of people who are holiday makers and people who are looking to stay in those spaces. And if I can build an audience of those people, I'm personally of much more value to the other audience. So I become a mediator at that point. So whenever I'm putting out content, I need to be aware of who it's going to. So a good example of this would be if I'm sharing a piece of content, you know, it's a great place to stay. I'm going to make sure that, I mean, hashtags are, you know, they're, they're changing, they're, they're still valid, but there are other ways. But if I'm, you know, my, my past strategy was always to use hashtags around holidays. So for example, staycations, holidays, UK holidays, reaching those people who are looking for those spaces. And at that point, That's when I'll invite conversation. I'll you know, ask people, you know, who would love to stay here. These are you know dry questions, but they do reach those people. Or on the flip side of it, I will start talking about how I go about photographing the space. And in some cases, I will tell people how they can photograph the space themselves because it's obviously important that if people are spending time on my content, that they're getting something out of it. So I love to help accommodation to kind of photograph their own spaces. So I will, you know, let them know in the caption this is how I've done this and this is how I've done that. Give it a go. If that doesn't work, you know, give me a call. Asking questions and listening is is the two most important things that people can do.
0: I really like your example of like showing a picture that you took of a really cool place, especially given your story of what, how you said you're going to these cool like wilderness kind of cabin places and stuff and picking a cool picture and saying who would love to stay here. And then you get people interacting with you. On the other side of it, you're talking about giving educational content. I'm curious how you would pose a question in that particular case. Would you be like, would you like to know more how to do this yourself or something like that? Or do you want to know how to take these kind of photographs yourself? Is that the kind of question you're asking? Or would you be more direct and say, are you looking for someone to make your... Venue look this good? I mean, I don't know. Is that the kind of stuff you're talking about?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's lots of things like
0: this that I can say, but I think that I,
1: and I will. <laughs> so if I'm talking to hosts, I'll be explaining to them how they can replicate the images I'm taking on their mobile phone. So I'm talking about using the wide mode. And, and I'll ask people if uh, wide mode on your phone, like a wide angle, that's a really big example and making sure that all the lines are straight and all those sorts of things. But I think it's more fundamental than that. I don't think it helps people. Uh, to have these kind of strategies of you know ask questions, do this. What really helps people is to change their mindset a little bit. So a, a good example I used in a video a little while ago was I kind of used the conference analogy where if you imagine you've got two people at a conference. You have one person who's just stood there making statements. They're shouting what their business is all about. They're probably not going to get much of a you know they're not going to get much of a of a crowd around them. However. The other person is actually stood there. And as people go by, they ask them questions. You know, what are you doing here? You know, can I interest you? You know, inviting them in. And at that point, you just listen. And when they have something to say, you respond to it in a natural way. And that's why I don't have these kind of canned responses is because it really depends on who these people are. And in that analogy, I think that makes sense because you can kind of prepare for these situations but in that conference situation the last thing you want to do is have canned responses and start saying to people do this do that you know ask these questions it's, it's about being authentic and i love that conference analogy purely because people go oh yeah i forgot
0: about that <laughs> we're all human beings I love that as well. I've uh, In my second book, I, I told a little, or maybe it was my first book. I can't remember which book, but I wrote a little story about how this woman was, you know, it was a hypothetical story about this woman who is having car troubles. And this person came up and said, let me have a look at it for you, you know, and started asking a series of questions and then said, you're going to need an auto mechanic to fix this. And then the woman said, well, do you happen to know anyone? And he said, yeah, I happen to be one. You know what I mean? And I can help you. And that's more like actually providing some sort of like, value to the other person versus him coming up and saying hey i see your car is broken i'm an auto mechanic you know it's like get away from me you opportunist right so this is where that human connection i think is so 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 valuable the important
1: thing is that that i think that people really need to get right I'm, i'm in a very lucky position because i've already established who i am and where i sit in that conversation in that transaction so i think what's important for people is to understand where they are in that community are they an unknown person you know or are they a well-known person good point that completely changes the way that you communicate my example of my business you know who am i in in that community i'm a service provider when it comes to hosts and accommodation but i'm also influencer is the wrong word because i'm not an influencer but i have a lot of information to influence people's decisions when they want to know where to go on holiday so in that regard i know who i am in that conversation. So when I'm posting to hashtag staycation or when I'm having conversations in forums and things about people staying places, I know exactly who I am in that section and in that community. And likewise with the other things. So I think this can be a very difficult thing to do if you don't understand who you are in the whole world of of what it is that you want to create. And I think it's important that people kind of establish that very quickly. And sometimes people need to understand that they are a beginner or they are just getting started, whether it's a business or whether it's something they need to understand and kind of feel out the community before they really enter into it.
0: I think a big part of your strategy obviously involves back and forth communication, right? So uh, we talked about how you can create content that can spur a comment or a DM, but the next step obviously is to respond and to reply. So let's talk a little bit about having real deeper conversations on Instagram. Like what's your thoughts on that? And it might sound simple, but I think so many of us don't do it. Like so many of us just create the content. There's a lot of comments and we move on to the next piece of content. So if we really want to go deeper, we need to be thinking this through. What is, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah. I mean, step one is if they've got a name,
1: use their name. <laughs> That's the best way to connect with somebody. If, if they leave a comment on your content, you can see their name right there. And you know, it might feel a little bit kind of mechanical to say, just use their name, but it can really make a difference to not just to the, the person, but to the way that you're communicating with them. I think you automatically start to feel a bit more respect for someone when you register that they are not a robot on social media, that they are a real person. They're probably sat the other side of their screen. They might have just put their kids to bed. They might have just had their lunch and they sat down with their computer. So respecting the individual and understanding that their time is valuable. And then when they've left a comment, feel free to ask them a question. You know, if somebody is interested in what you have said, it's a good thing to do to deepen that conversation by asking them a question or at least answering their comment or responding and then leaving something that they can respond to. This isn't about increasing your engagement by having more comments on it. This is about deepening your kind of relationships, maybe a strong word, but you know, your interaction with this person. Another analogy I like to use is the kind of shop analogy is, you don't want to be kind of tricking people imagine that you'd trick someone into your shop this would be exactly the same as kind of social media hacking them onto your account what would be the point in tricking someone into your shop if they're not interested in the products you're better off them just not being there you know really because they, they're just taking up space maybe you're spending your time communicating with them when in actual fact they're not at all interested because you missold the experience or maybe you're tricking them in twofold. you're tricking them into the shop but you're also tricking them into buying the product because they're not going to buy another product they're going to be unhappy and they may even tell other people you know not to buy your products and to sort of apply that to social media i think when people apply lots of hacks or they're trying to do things in a quick way and this goes back to when i was talking about impatience impatience kind of starts to make you bypass that human connection and actually just start to build numbers in a quick way, essentially what you're doing is that you're, you're tricking a lot of people into engaging with you. And there's not really much value in it unless you need those big numbers. Some people do, you know,
0: what's your thoughts on having these comments happen, like in a feed post versus DM, you know, direct messaging and stuff. Do you have, do you have any preference to put it out there publicly versus to just privately message them? Obviously, depending on The medium it's going to be dm only for example with stories although i think i read recently stories or reels are starting to come up out with comments but what's your thoughts about dms
1: i think dms can be extremely powerful i mean the power in a dm i think is that the person on the other side knows there is zero external value in that conversation that you're absolutely not doing it for any kind of vanity metrics it's just a conversation between you and someone else i struggle to manage my dms i try to answer pretty much everything i don't have the biggest following i i can't imagine how someone with two or three hundred thousand would do this with dms so really this applies to smaller accounts my accounts are what like fifteen thousand, something like that uh it's everything i need but it's it's probably easier for me to manage dms but i do try to answer everything and i notice that those dms just continue over the years they just you know i'll put out a story and I'll get responses and I'll notice that I don't have to approve them or anything. These are just people that I'm having ongoing conversations with. And I think people kind of sometimes forget the value in community. And I'm not talking about the, the monetary value. I think I think social media now, we understand the mechanics. We understand the mechanism of how people can build a following and then build an income from that. But I think sometimes we need to stop and think about the actual you know internal emotional benefit of having conversations with people all around the world. I mean, what are you going to use your money for? You're gonna try and make yourself feel good, right? and if you can do that just by
0: having conversations, then you know that's great, right I want to talk about some of this for a minute because we at social media Examiner have some really big followings, and gosh, half million Facebook, half million Twitter, over a hundred thousand on on our primary Instagram account and you know I've got big followings, but I will tell you that it's really interesting what you're talking about here is so important because i think the best analogy is going to an event a conference or an event of any kind even if it's just going to an event with a hundred people and it's a concert right and you meet a few people while you're in there and you strike up a really good conversation with them you're only going to remember those few people that you really had a great relationship with and before you know it they're really interested in you and you continue to communicate with them after the event and you begin to follow them and they begin to follow you and they begin to interact with you this is the way the truth of the matter is that you don't need that many super engaged people to be really really successful because there are people out there that i call super connectors and i happen to be one of them and super connectors watch out for their friends and when their friends say i'm looking for someone they say oh I know who you need. You need Johnny Keeley. And you don't need a lot of those people, but you need just a few of the right people. And all of a sudden, you are absolutely set, especially if you provide a service or you're a creator of any kind. And you know, when you have as many people following you as we do, and it's millions across all the channels, they're just like a sea blur of numbers. you know. But there's a few super fans that I know by name. You know, and I know really well, and I'm friends with them now. And these people will go to the furthest points to support me and the organization that we're doing. And I feel like you're onto something. And I feel like we understood this in a pre social world. You know, if you went to high school or you went to college, you just have a couple friends that, you know, you can count on and they've got your back. And it's kind of the same way in the world of business. And it feels like we're kind of maybe moving back to this era where, where these relationships can have massive ripple effect, but we just have been, if you will, snookered into believing it's not about relationships. It's about numbers.
1: I think you're absolutely right. The overwhelming kind of comment, you know, generic comment I get back from my YouTube isn't people saying Oh yeah, this is amazing. I've never heard this before. Some of the strategies I do get that, but what people say is, yeah, we all need to remember this, you know. So everybody already knows. It's just that we need to re- be reminded that these—I I say the word communities all the time—but these are communities. They're people, and every single one of those numbers is a, a human. Not every single one, you know. There are bots, but you know, for the majority of it, they are people with lives who have given their time to explore what it is that you do. And as you say, you don't need much. This business that I'm talking about, it's its its a, I'd call it a side business. YouTube has become much more of a, you know, it's probably now 50, 60% of my time. And I have a very small account that promotes my cabin stuff. It's a probably about literally seven or 800 people, but it does everything I need it to do. So if you are trying to become a famous person and you need to use that, those numbers to prove your fame, to try and get products, to try and get whatever it is that you need, then yeah, you probably do need to bulk up your numbers. But if you are a business, what you need to do is build relationships. And six, 700 people, that's a lot of people in a room. That is a huge amount of people. If you're a musician just starting out, you would dream of playing to an audience of that size. And that is a very, very small account in these days, particularly when you look at TikTok numbers, you know, people with millions and millions of followers on TikTok without really kind of sweating, you know, they're just having fun. That's what they're doing. They're having fun and they're communicating with people and it's blowing up. You know, when we dial it all the way back, I think the people that find this strategy useful, this strategy of respecting the individual and having deeper conversations, it's small businesses, it's service providers, it's people that, you know, say it might be a personal trainer, It'd be a great example of somebody who can build up, you know, because you've only got so much time, they can build up a small following. And really then it becomes the quality of yourself, the quality of your ideas and the kind of how authentic you really are as a person, if, if you can nail those things. And that's just really about being yourself, you know, because there's only one of you, if you can be yourself, then you can connect with those people, and you can. And these small businesses, I say, like a personal trainer, Instagram, all this social media is a perfect place to do that to build
0: a business like that. For sure, some people listening right now that have slightly bigger audience, but they want to do this, and they're saying to themselves, "I can't possibly do this because it would be a full time job for me." Because there's a lot of comments I get. What do you want to say to those people? I would imagine they could be super careful about who they choose. To engage with. And I could also imagine that they could do for a few what they wish they could do for many, right? Do you have any thoughts on how to be strategic when you do have a lot of people that comment on your stuff, but you don't have time to respond to all of them? Any insights on that?
1: Yeah, I think a perfect tool to use there is the Instagram Q&A or those similar to the Q&A. A bigger following means that you're going to get a lot of responses to something. So if you can sit down for half an hour, put out a question, say, ask me anything and I'll answer, you know, then you are not so much just commenting back to people with dms you are kind of answering lots and lots of people's questions but also showing that there is a community around what you're doing there's a i can't remember the instagram account but my partner is wild for it, it is a it's a confessions account and what the people do is they make a confession and the person then posts it back onto their stories and says something funny about it it's all anonymous But that is the luxury that these big accounts have because they have lots and lots of people. So they can flip the kind of direct DMs on its head and just start doing Q&As and build a kind of a show around it. I mean, this person does it once a week and my my partner's glued to her phone. She's just giggling at all of these answers to these people's confessions on on this Instagram account. It's hilarious.
0: There are some people listening right now that do not have very big followings at all and they maybe need to figure out how to find the right people to follow. Do you have any thoughts on how to go out maybe and find people to follow you on the socials?
1: Yeah, I think this is very subjective, but I think a great place, I mean, as I said, hashtags are not a great place to kind of faultlessly promote to. However, they are a good place to hang out. So for example, if I'm a landscape photographer, which I am, if I go to hashtag landscape photography and then hit the recent tab, which is there for some people and it's not for others. So I guess Instagram are testing a few things. But if you head to the recent tab, you now have a list of people who are interested in landscape photography and are holding their phones right now. Now you can apply that to everything, hashtag coffee time, whatever, you know, you go to hashtag coffee time, hit the recent tab and start having conversations with the people at the very top of that list. They've just posted and they are just ready to do it. And then you can make an assessment on that person. For example, if I want to i'm just feeling generous and i want to stroke the egos of some brand new beginner landscape photographers i can go to hashtag landscape photography hit the recent tab look at some stuff that i think is somebody at the beginning of their photography journey and just tell them this is great carry on you know or i can pick the opposite and look at something that looks very well established and i can say wow how did you do that this is incredible you know I'm just having conversations with people, but the kind of remembering that there are places on Instagram where people hang out, you know, hashtags are a great example of it.
0: I would imagine you probably ought to follow them as well, right? Because I know that if you're commenting and you're not following them, they'll probably not respond, I would imagine, right? I mean, what's your thoughts on that? I think this is a simple one.
1: It's maybe not, (laughs) I don't know in data terms, it may not be the best way of doing it. People used to ask me this a lot on a particular video that I put out that kind of covered this. And my answer is always, if you have something to say, leave a comment. If you want to see more of their content, hit the follow button. End of story.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, the reason I say this is because I know at least on some platforms that if you leave a comment and you don't follow them, it could be perceived as if you're just out to get something. You know what I mean? Like for example, on Twitter, There's a lot of people that I know that are on Twitter where if you leave a comment on a tweet or you DM them specifically something, but you're not following them, it kind of is like, a feels a little bit like a bot, you know what I mean? They don't know if it's real. So I guess maybe a better way of doing this would be to leave an authentic comment. Maybe you can talk about how to overcome that with the right kind of comment. Like what kind of comment would you leave so that they don't think you're a stupid bot?
1: It's got to be like, again, if it's a photography thing, I would ask them, you know, what are your settings? Maybe if they didn't leave them, what lens are you using? Say, hey, I, I've got the so-and-so version of this lens. What do you, I mean, no one would ever think that that is an inauthentic comment. But a- another thing to point out here is, you know, imagine you're at a conference, you know, we've, we've done this a lot in this session. You're at a conference and someone stood at their stand, you walk up to them and they make a statement and you say, hey, you're trying to sell something. And you'd be like, yeah, I am. This is a conference. Of course I am. You know, this is social media. We're all on there to build something, build an audience, build a community, or just build numbers, whatever it is, we're all on there. So I think people need to be a bit more bold, be honest about what it is that they want, and then push that to one side. You know, remember that's what they want, and then just have some conversations, you know. If you don't have something authentic to share, just you don't have to share something, you can just go find something else, that does trigger a feeling. Do you remember the years uh, it Marie Kondo who says, you know, does it spark joy? I don't know if you ever saw that.
0: I've heard it a million times. I've never seen her stuff, but yes, I know my wife reminds me of this all the time. Again, it's
1: an internal thing. It's just like, do I have something to say or do I just want to say something? You know, it's very
0: easy to know the difference when
1: you're in that moment.
0: Johnny, Keeley, this has been a really great discussion. And I think we've gone deep and I think a lot of people are like, wow, okay, this doesn't need to be complicated. I know how to do this in the real world. I can do this obviously on Instagram and even on some of the other platforms as well. If people want to go check out your YouTube channel or if they want to check out your work, do you have any place you want to send them?
1: Yeah, I think if people are interested in this conversation and want to see more sort of actual actionable tips, i got loads on, on YouTube. They're contextualized, so I kind of prefer doing it that way but yeah just go to youtube slash johnny keely or just search johnny keely there's a mix of stuff on there i'm a photographer i share photography and my youtube tends to be geared towards small businesses photographers creatives but it's all actionable for everyone you know and then if people are actually just interested in my photography just head to instagram slash it's johnny Keeley, or just you know
0: hit google just to spell it out for those that are listening on the audio it's j-o-n-n-y and then the last name is k-e-e-l-e-y Johnny, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your thoughts with us. And folks, be sure to reach out to Johnny and let him know what you think about today's episode. I really appreciate your time, Johnny. Thanks for having me. Take care. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 522. And if you're new to this show, be sure to follow us. And if you've been a longtime listener, would you let your friends know about this show? I'm at Stelzner on Instagram and at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.